1: Welcome back to life, Mike. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in today for Lee. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I've just, I've just loved getting in here and doing this again. Uh, don't forget uh, to grab the Nightside Project podcast on the KSL News Radio app. Make sure that you grab that, Alex and I still do that. So, and we have a blast with it. So, thanks so much if you're listening to it. Thank you. Uh, if you haven't yet grabbed it and subscribed, make sure you do that because we always have a lot of fun. Uh, it's available wherever you find podcasts. Um, But the KSL News Radio app is uh, the best way to get it, I think. Uh, All right. uh, We've got a lot of things happening here. And, you know, I expressed earlier that I really wanted this to be a fun show with some information. Right. But just kind of keep it positive. We're going into a holiday and we're and, and this is a holiday in which we're seeing so much pressure on our community and on our individual families. Um, but, you know, we can't always escape reality and we, we've got to address a few things as they come up. Uh, we got a text from someone and I thought this really was worth clarifying because, we, you know, KSL news Radio sent out a, a, a news text where they talked about the, the number of deaths that we saw that are being reported out of the state today, which is 26 people. And this person texted in the headline said 26 people, but it didn't give the number of new cases, how many new cases today. So I I inquired into that and the new cases are 1,781 new cases. So just under 2,000 new cases. Um, This thing is still ripping through our community and um, we know what to do, right? We know what we have to do. And this information is, is tragic And it it doesn't change what we know, what we know we have to do. And so uh, I really hope that this uh, next hour and a half that we have together, uh, we can we can just enjoy ourselves. If you're making preparations for Thanksgiving, uh, hopefully you enjoy these headlines that we talk through and things like that. And and I just I hope everyone understands what I'm trying to do here, which is, you know, not ignore some of the things that are happening uh, because we're not. This is KSL. We never ignore those things. But also. Give some time to a few other things as well. So, and I and I hope you understand kind of the my intent here and the spirit with which I'm approaching this. and And I welcome all your texts five seven five zero zero is the text line as always. Give me a buzz five seven five zero zero. Love hearing from you. Uh, let's do this. I've got a few super positive Zen headlines. Zen headlines is a thing that we do on the Nightside Project. We use the hashtag Zen headlines on social media, and people submit these Zen headlines, and we use them in the in the podcast, so I'm using them on the show today. Uh, these are Zen headlines people submitted. If you want to share one with me on Twitter, use the hashtag Zen Headlines. Uh, we we've packaged these into a classic Nightside Project segment called Nightside Project Animal Kingdom. So, Amber, get us going there. There's no
0: two ways about it. If we didn't eat them first, they would kill us. Join us this evening for Nightside's Animal
1: Kingdom. All right. This first one is courtesy of Zach, old friend of mine. Zach, thanks so much for sharing this. And you may have seen this actually. This really was an astonishing video that was making the rounds. And I thought, oh my gosh, of course this is going in. This is the story of Richard Wilbanks. He's a 74 year old man. Uh, he was outside his home in Estero, Florida. He was outside with his three month old Cavalier King Charles spaniel. So a little tiny small dog. And they're out there near a retention pond on his or at the edge of his property. He was out there enjoying a cigar. And enjoying some time with his dog when all of a sudden an alligator comes flying out of that pond, grabbed his dog and rushed back into the water, disappeared into the water. And this man, Richard Wilbanks, he said, I never quote, I never thought an alligator could be so fast. It was so quick. And he jumped into the pond and he grabbed that alligator. Now, here's the amazing thing, is that Will Wilbanks volunteered for a program in Florida where an agency there in Florida sets up cameras around areas where there is interface with wildlife. So if you live near a trail or near a pond like this and you volunteer... Uh, they'll come and set up a camera and monitor it, so they can see what animals are there and monitor, you know, things like that, right? And anyway, Richard volunteered for this program, so he's had a camera on his property, and this camera was in a spot where it captured the ca- it captured the action as if it was a news crew there, ready to witness a major breaking news story. I mean, that camera caught everything perfectly. He's not even far away; he's right next to the camera. And what you see here is Richard Wilbanks walking up out of the water with an alligator and he's got this jaws in his hands and he pries the jaws open and the little puppy pops out and just runs for his life, right? I mean, the dog is like, I'm out of here. And uh, so the dog takes off and this guy got in there, grabbed the alligator, separated his jaws, rescued the puppy all without dropping his cigar. It was just a phenomenal, phenomenal video. Go look for it. It's maybe the only positive Florida man story that I've seen in some time. If you Google Florida man freeze puppy, uh, then it'll pop right up because it's been a tremendous, tremendous story. So thanks Zach for uh, sharing that with us. Uh, What was cool about that is I'd seen the video. I didn't know any of the, uh, any of the major details, you know, the video flew around so quickly. All right, next up, this is from Nick. Nick Brown shared this one and there's a special Thanksgiving going on for a special dog and a family who needed one. This is Drools is a four-year-old male pit bull boxer mix. Um, spent 729 days at an animal shelter in Monte Vista, Colorado. He had some problems. He didn't get along with other dogs. And you know, with rescue dogs, we've got two rescue dogs of our own, and so you know the score sometimes. They haven't been properly socialized. Sometimes they've got trauma, and they can be a little bit difficult. Well, they really focused on this dog after 729 days. I mean, that is a long time for this poor dog. One of the staff members actually moved into the shelter to be with the dog and help him just socialize, just be accustomed more to people so that he could live his best life. Finally drools has been adopted. He's going to be living just about four hours away from where his, um, from where he spent those literally those years in that shelter, and they really had to focus on finding the right family of course just because of of drool's personality and the stuff he's gone through he can be an only dog right he's he can't have any other pets around he's just not going to react well and he's really got to spend a lot of time developing that relationship. I'm so glad he was able to find a family that could put that um put that kind of of effort into a dog uh here's their little profile of drool's. When they put it out there, it says, I'm a sweet four-year-old neutered boy just looking for someone to love me forever. They say I'm a pity boxer mix, which I hear is pretty awesome. I need to be the only pet, no other dogs or cats, good with adults and kids, just cautious first, up-to-date vaccinations, knows basic training and commands, uh, loves to snuggle. And I think that's awesome. And one of the cool things that I've seen in Utah over the past, I'm going to say 15 years because we definitely saw these changes when we were broadcasting the nightside project cuz we we tracked them pretty closely but utah is almost entirely a no-kill state there are actually very few places now in the state where they will put animals to death um because they were brought into the shelter uh and even just 15 years ago we put almost all of them to death i mean they and and i'm not i'm not joking there was a shocking number tens of thousands of pets in Utah were put to death every year and we've completely reversed that just in like the last 15 years so that's a uh, really really cool glad to see that uh, and then uh, finally scientists have mapped the distribution of all 20,000 bee species on earth there's been a big push on this internationally because you know I mean if you know anything about anything you know how important bees are to uh, the everything right Uh, just through the pollinations that they do, but they've been facing pressure from habitat loss, pesticides, other things like the colony collapse disorder. And uh, scientists have mapped out the global distribution of all 20,000 bee species. And they put together actually a really cool map showing what different kinds of bees live in different areas. The hope is, is that by using this, this gives them a baseline look at where bees are now, and that'll help them track them in the future and hope to hopefully we can see, you know, if there are problems, we can catch them and see and make changes early. If we need to make changes and we, like we've done in the past to to um, habitat changes and the pesticides we use and things like that. and we, We've done all of that, but uh, or, and we'll continue to do that. But all right. Keep those texts coming in at five, seven, five, zero, zero. Those are the texts. And when we come back, what have we got? We've got a number of other. Um, oh, by the way, thanks to Ryan for the for the uh, for the B story. We're going to be talking a little more to Ryan coming up later on on a Black Friday topic. But um, how, what's the biggest tip you've ever left anyone? What's the biggest tip? And some of you are good tippers out there. Some of you are good, strong twenty percent tippers. What's the biggest you've ever done? Text that to me at five seven five zero zero, and I'll share with you one of the biggest I've ever heard of. That's all coming up next. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Ethan Millard filling in today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Drop me a line on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. Uh, hit me up there and share some of your thoughts. I, I asked before the break, what's the biggest tip you've ever left? And I guess there are a couple of ways that you can look at that, right? The do, there, you might look at it as a large tip in terms of total dollar amount or a large tip in terms of proportion to the check. Uh, someone texted in, um, I think real good tippers don't really keep track of what they tip. And I think that's probably true. Um, someone else texted in, that they usually do 20% because the math is easy. That's what I like to do as well. Uh, 20% is easier to calculate than 15%. Uh, many of you, you may have had a restaurant job. I've had two. I worked uh, at a uh, steakhouse in downtown Salt Lake City that failed when they closed off all the west side streets to build Gateway. And all the business kind of got suffocated over there. And um, it was a great little restaurant. And I worked – uh, once Gateway opened, I worked at a Brazilian restaurant there. It was family-owned. It's a, it's a chain there now, but um, it was a, a family Brazilian restaurant there for a while, and I worked there. Two very, very different types of serving styles, but the tips were the consistent part. And you're probably familiar with this as to why tips are so important, but tips are – basically how servers get money at restaurants in Utah. And this is a little different from state to state, right? But here in Utah, um, you, when you pay for your food, you basically pay for the food and the service separately. Um, the restaurants effectively don't pay their, uh, servers. It's just a tiny, tiny amount, uh, not, and I'm not, I, it's, it's a fraction of minimum wage. So, um, they rely on the tips. You pay You pay for the food on the check and you pay for the service via tip and they, they split it out. That's how we do it in Utah. So if the tips are really, really important to not just the individual server, but the health of the restaurant. So if you like going out to restaurants, if you want them to continue to be something that people that, that entrepreneurs want to do and, and as long as it's a job that people continue to want to and feel like um, is worth doing, well, then, you know, we got to leave tips. But um, here's one. Text a uh, fifty dollar tip for a four dollar meal. This is their biggest tip. A single it was for a single mother close to the holidays, which is great. I love that. Someone else said their biggest one is a hundred dollar tip. Um and then I thought this was interesting. I left a two hundred dollar tip to a jerk in the hopes that it would change his attitude so the customers afterwards would have a better experience. <laughs> I don't know if I would have I wonder if it was successful. I'm interested to text me back and tell me if you think it was successful. Can you measure it at all? Did you ever go back? Was he nicer? Uh, I love that idea of kind of that reverse psychology. Uh, I'm interested to know whether or not it worked. I suspect it didn't, but I guess I'm open to it. Uh, All right. 57500 is that text. Here's one. Here's one. They said they received a $50 tip taking pizza up to the copper mine once. Very cool. All right. All right. Here's another one. I paid for my pizza delivery with a hundred dollar bill and said, "Keep the change." My total bill came to about thirty-four. So these are all very strong contenders for very large tip. I want to share one with you now. Um, the Nighttown is a is a a pub, I guess, in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, and they recently had their final day temporarily. They've had to close down because of what's been happening. And they say, the owners say, no, this is a temporary closure, but we've got to close. Everyone's basically getting laid off. A man in his 30s came on that final day, sitting with his family, ordered a $7 pint of Stella Artois. And then uh, when he brought the check, he walked over to me. He walked over to the owner, handed the credit card receipt to him and said, split that among the staff. Uh, the owner said, great, thank you. And he looked down at the check. He didn't, I didn't have my glasses on. I said, holy, oh my, he just left a $300 tip. Then I put my glasses on and it hit my eyes. It was $3,000. I ran out the door after him. I said, what are you thinking? He said, no, I meant it. Make sure to enjoy it. Merry Christmas. We'll see you when you reopen. And I loved that thought right there. We'll see you when you reopen because I think it's worthwhile having a relationship with a business and doing things with a business that you have a relationship with that you wouldn't normally do in another business situation. That's what these are, right? These are business transactions. He gave me the product. I gave him the money. But we're all people. And these are human beings running the business. And I love that, that he said, hey, I love this business. I want you to be here. I want you to be taken care of. Take this money. I'll see you when you reopen. I just, I loved that sentiment and hopefully you've got one or two businesses uh, in mind that you would uh, uh, patronize like that. Uh, to be honest, I've only got a couple. It's hard to have that relationship with really, really big businesses, isn't it? Isn't it? We kind of see them differently. And also they don't suffer quite as much, you know? I mean, look at the stores that were able to stay open through the shutdown. Um, They were businesses that didn't necessarily need that extra big tip, right? Um, although if it's the, if it's an issue of the server in Utah, at least then they absolutely did. The individual servers absolutely deserve that kind of, uh, that kind of tip. Uh, all right. Where are we here? We got a couple of minutes left or we got about one minute left. Okay. Then how about this? I'm going to do what's called a little forward tease here because I've got a few, I've got a meteorite story. Do you know how, if a meteorite landed in your front yard, do you know how much that would bring you? Number one, it would immediately go on to the international market. I mean, there's a global market for for meteorites of any kind of size. If one landed in your yard, that happened to a man in Indonesia. I'm going to tell you what he raked in for the meteorite. He could just hold it in his hand, not for a few minutes, because it was really hot when it landed. Uh, I'll get to tell you what he got for it. But first, when we come back, we've got a special guest. You may have seen that weird metal obelisk, not obelisk, that weird metal thing out in the desert that a helicopter crew found. I'm going to check in with John Hollenhorst. He is the KSL TV senior correspondent, longtime journalist here, because he's did some interesting things regarding desert varnish aliens that might help complement and round out that larger picture of where on earth that big metal pole that's that's the wrong way to put it's a pole is it anyway that big metal thing out there in the desert maybe uh, we'll help round out the picture a little bit and i'll tell you why the state is really hesitant to reveal its actual location so stay tuned for that it's a conspiracy segment of uh live mike welcome to live mike i'm ethan millard filling in today thanks so much for tuning in and i told you i told you at the start of the show that i wanted this to be relentlessly positive a relentlessly positive experience and i think we've stuck to that uh we've had some great guests and i've appreciated everyone who's, who's weighed in matt Gephardt, john hollenhorst we've got another guest coming up here in a little bit uh to talk through uh something else that i thought was really fun and uh I took your texts on what we wanted to talk about next. Now, I'm going to cover both of these stories. But one option was uh, a man in Indonesia who had a meteorite fall into his yard. And the other was a young boy here in the United States who was able to move his family out of a shed just by the strength of his own vision and his own work as a young entrepreneur. Uh, the text came in uh, and they some people wanted to hear the space rock But it was overwhelmingly they wanted to hear about this young boy. And it is definitely a story worth sharing. In fact, you can read more about this young man on Instagram. He's got an Instagram account called Aaron's Garden. Aaron Moreno lives with his um, with two of his siblings and his mom. Uh, His mom is a single mom, Bernice, and they've really struggled to make ends meet this year. In fact, they were basically made homeless Uh, Earlier this year, and things had gotten so bad in their situation that Aaron's older sister, uh, 10 year old sister, uh, was actually sent to live with family in Mexico just because the situation was so tenuous. They just couldn't do it. They were living in a shed. And Aaron said that shed was hot. He didn't like it. Um, His mom was stressed. She struggled. And so he had an idea. He had an idea. He took $12, basically the last $12. And instead of getting snacks with it, he went and he bought a few small succulents, just little small ones, what he could afford. And then he turned around, sold them to neighbors for a small profit. And then he took that money and he said he was tempted to go to buy ice cream with it. But he decided, nope, he's going to do it again. And slowly, 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 he's built up Aaron's garden. Aaron's garden is the fruit of that labor. Now he's moved his family out of that shed and they are renting a house and he operates Aaron's garden out of his garage. Can you believe that Aaron, his mom get up at 6am every day to take the bus to the flower district and search for plants that he thinks will move well out of his garage. He brings them back and he sells them to the neighborhood. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I want to read for you a post that he posted on Instagram. I think he might have had a little bit of help on the on the language here because um, it, it's uh, – I, I think these are for sure his expressions. I think these are for sure his sentiments, but I think he probably had a little help with the words. It's actually very well and kind of maturely written. He said – "It's there's a photo of him kind of tending to these plants that are on these little shelves that he's got. He says, compare this to the little eight plants. We started with the small table. We couldn't stock because it felt so big. Then filling up my wagon felt as if I would accomplished something. It was all a process. My vision is my own shop because that's my plan to hire my own mom and be her. So she can be her own boss so that she can bring my baby sister and not struggle with documents. Uh, His mother's undocumented. My next job after having my own plant shop will be working for Nike and making my own shoes. And then I plan to go to the university so I can become a judge. And I love that post so much. But let me share with you the icing on the cake. And this this is, I think, the best part of this. They were able to earn enough money with him just selling these flowers and plants that they were able to reunite this their family bringing his sister back from Mexico so they could all live together again so it's a whole family of four and this young man 8 years old just with a little bit of a little bit of determination uh, a little bit of courage a little bit of ingenuity has just rescued this family from a very desperate situation. And I love this story so much, and I hope you do too, and especially the part where he's able to bring his sister back and they can be reunited and be together. And and the way he talked about his mom bringing his baby sister to work so that you know they didn't have to worry about daycare or anything else like that, and his mom didn't have to be stressed about the documentation. Uh, that is just so, so great. So thanks for picking that as the, uh, as the first story. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did. Now, let me get to the other one, okay? This is the story of Joshua Hutagalung in Indonesia. He is a coffin maker, and he's 33 years old. He says, quote, I was working on a coffin near the street in front of my house when I heard a booming sound that made my house shake. It was was as as if a tree had fallen on us. He's a father of three, by the way. He's got three kids. It was a meteorite landed in his yard. The meteorite was too hot to pick up, so my wife dug it out with a hoe and we took it inside. It's a meteorite weighing roughly 4.5 pounds, and it's 4 billion years old. And it's been classified as an extremely rare CM1-2 slash carbonaceous chondrite, which, I mean, those are just words. but It's clear, though, that's rare, right? This is the one of the most rare types of meteorite, 4.5. Now, here's the thing. He's already had someone buy it. Buy it. Uh, and it's at a it's being held right now in liquid nitrogen at a research facility here in the United States, actually, in Indianapolis. It's at the center of, it's at the, oh no, it's now at the Center for Meteorite Studies it was purchased in Indianapolis, sent to the Center for Meteorite Studies at Arizona State University, stored in liquid nitrogen, which I think is interesting. Um, this kind of This kind of meteorite sells for $850 per gram. That's $1.858 million. $1.8 million landed in this guy's yard, fell out of the sky. Can you believe that? Can you believe his good fortune? And I mean, that's an astonishing amount of money for anything, for anyone. I mean, in any part of the world they have $1.8 million of land in your lap, that's going to change anyone's life anywhere in the world. But you can imagine in Indonesia how far that goes and really what that represents, a significant, significant resource. So um, he says with his newfound fortune, he's going to build a church for his community. And he's also got a more personal issue. He's the father of three. And he knows that money can't make this happen, but he feels like this represents a lucky streak that he started on and he hopes it holds. He says, quote, I have always wanted a daughter and I hope this is a sign that I will be lucky enough now to have one. And I thought that was a really cool way for him to express that. Of course, if you are the father to a daughter, you know exactly what he's talking about. So I hope his lucky streak continues. And uh, I hope he finds, I hope he's able to have a daughter that, of course, is will be prized and precious beyond any meteorite, any $1.8 million. Uh, what a cool guy. What a cool story. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Grab a quick break. When we come back, I've got even more Great Send Headlines to share with you. Hit me up on the text line, five seven five zero zero. I appreciate you hearing from you. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Also, uh, listen to the Nightside Project podcast. Go to the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services. You can listen to the Nightside Project for free there and anywhere you find great podcasts. We'll see you in a second. Welcome back. This is Live Mike. I'm Ethan Millard filling in today for Lee. Thanks so much for having me. I've, I've just had the best time. And thanks so much for texting in at 57500. I've heard from a bunch of old nightside listeners and I love it. Uh someone texted in um hold on, let me go back to the text here. Uh great to hear you nightside sure helped us all over the summer and boy, it helped uh, Alex and it helped Alex and me too. Uh we did the nightside project brought it back uh from the podcast back onto terrestrial radio for a couple of months this year uh when especially when we were missing sports. Uh, that was kind of the real rough patch that we were like, you know what? Let's let's just do something. Let's just do something else. Bring the Nightside Project back. We loved it. So I'm, I'm glad you did, too. I got one here from Daniel. Daniel Beard. Thanks so much. Good to hear from you, Daniel. He said, and this was about the last story. And it, you, could, you could accuse me of being sappy with that last story. You could. But he said, that's so cool, I didn't even have a cynical comment to go with it. Thanks, Daniel. And yeah, are they sappy? I don't know. You could say that, right? I mean, that but I love it. I love it. These Zen headlines are so much fun. I'll tell you how we define Zen headlines on the night side project. They are headlines. They're news stories that are fun, inspiring, interesting, amazing. It's just that whole positivity spectrum. You know, it doesn't have to be earth shattering. But does it give you a good feeling, you know, when you talk about it? And it does with me. I honestly got a little bit emotional uh, in the uh, in the meteorite one where the guy was talking about uh, having a, a baby girl. And that's the kind of thing that I love. That's what I wanted to bring today. And so thanks so much for tuning in. We wanted that relentless positivity. If you've got a Zen headline you want to share with me, we can use it. Uh, it's kind of it's a little too late to use it today on this show. But you know, we definitely use it on the podcast. Share it with me on Twitter. Use the hashtag Uh, Zen Headlines, and we will throw it on there. Now, uh, one of the most prolific Zen Headlines uh, contributors is a man named Ryan Lunt. And Ryan's always sharing these. And we're actually going to chat with Ryan here in a couple of minutes because he had an experience um, on Black Friday years ago that actually changed the course of his life for a while. And so I'm bringing him on to talk about this talk about what happened because we got black Friday just day after tomorrow and everyone does black Friday differently. And, uh, but his experience I thought was fascinating, amazing. And I wanted to talk it through a little bit and, and who knows, maybe give you some ideas for your, uh, for a, a way to handle your Christmas shopping. Uh, but these next two stories that I want to talk about right now, though, were contributed by Ryan. So this is big time Ryan part of the show here. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, This first one, though, uh, Linda Tut High School in Sanger, Texas, has opened a student-run grocery store. Now, this is an idea that some students came up with to help families during the coronavirus pandemic and all the problems that we've had. The grocery store does not accept cash. So what they do is they have a point system, and students earn points for doing well in class, for helping to clean the school and for doing other tasks and good deeds and things and things like that. And by using those points, this by earning those points, the student can then have access to this grocery store and it is a grocery store. I mean, there are some photographs that I'm looking at here uh, online and it's got cereal, peanut butter. I mean, it's, it's a grocery store. It's got pasta. I mean, it's just, it's a grocery store. Right. And I love that idea so much. It's uh, it's, It was founded and is supported by a local nonprofit called First Refuge Ministries. It's also backed by Albertson's Grocery Store and Texas Health Resources. And so um, I just thought that was such a cool thing to do to make sure that students are taken care of. And it gives, I I think about also when I found out that students get this food, there's no cash. Parents don't go there to shop. Students shop based on these points that they earn. And I thought about that for a minute and just, just spend a minute thinking about that, thinking about what it must mean for these young people to be able to fill a material need for the family, a family that maybe has a hard time putting food on the table, but you as a young person are able to do, come up with a way to help. And not emotionally help, but like physically help, in a material way. I wonder how this is going to change the course of these students' lives. You know, a student that might be struggling at school, maybe not interested in, in, in schoolwork. What if this pushes them? You know, what if they look and say, "Man, if I get, if I do better, if I get better grades, if I do get do better this week in school, I can take food home for my family, and we need it." what i mean it must be an astonishing transformation that we we probably can only imagine i'd love to know fast forward in the future to see how these young people process this experience and this opportunity uh it's it's cool it's a really neat idea all right 57500 5, 0, 0 is the text if you want to kind of weigh in on that at all uh i'd love to hear from you and um a couple of people have texted in. What's up? Are you already at work? I think these are texts for other people. <laughs> I think you just mistakenly texted KSL. I don't know what to tell you. Am I at work? Sort of. Let me share with you how we're doing this, and you know how you know how it's been. If you're a KSL listener, you know that um, KSL's staff has been blown to the four winds. Uh, because it's a, if you've, maybe you've ever had a chance to have a tour of the KSL newsroom and you really should see so if you can book a tour of the newsroom once they start doing that again, you know, late next year or whatever, because it's an amazing place. There's tons and tons of people all the time. We share desks there um, because space is limited in that newsroom, but so many people need to be in there working. And, uh, so it's a cool place. You can imagine that in, in, uh, in a coronavirus situation, is very complicated to handle. So I'm actually at my house. And I don't know. Maybe I hope I'm not revealing too much for KSL's, uh, uh, in KSL's opinion. But I'm actually at my house. So am I at work? No, sort of. I'm at my house. But it's fine. I like it. My kids run through every once in a while. They're staying quiet. The dogs, I'm actually glad you haven't heard the dogs yet. Sometimes the dogs bark. If you listen to the Nightside Project over the summer, then you periodically heard my dogs. Uh, all right. Uh, before we grab this news break, I got one more story. Uh, Mark Davis is the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, and you know, last uh, the Raiders just moved to Las Vegas. so the first season there, they're doing awesome. Uh, they have an awesome win over Kansas City. Near they got two wins over Kansas City, and uh, so they're having a great season. Derek Carr on it, very cool. Mark Davis made a promise to the crews who built the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, a beautiful, ultra modern stadium, and for. For three years during construction, Davis promised the crews working on the stadium that if they completed the stadium safely and on time, he would treat them to a big steak dinner. And so as a thank you for this holiday season, Davis sent $100 gift cards to the 12,000 people who worked on the project. And that's good. I uh, see. How much is that? What is that? Um, 12,000 times 100. What is that? One point. Jesus, that $1.2 million. Am I getting the math right on that? I need to grab my calculator, but that's impressive. That's a lot of steak. It's going to buy a lot of steak. Now, it's just gift cards. So, obviously, that 100 bucks can go to whatever the families want. But I love that he kept his promise. And I love, love, love with a capital L that it's costing him so much money. That's a lot of money to put into those workers. And I'm glad he's doing it. All right. We got to grab a quick break here. I got news, traffic, weather is all coming up for you uh, right now. And when we come back, I've got a long time, long time friend through the Nightside Project, Ryan Lunt. And Ryan's going to share with us an experience he had years ago on Black Friday that really actually changed some things in his life with how he handled the holidays moving forward. Anyway, I wanted to talk this out. Maybe it'll be some ideas for you. Uh, Let's just say it involved a little bit of violence uh, at the start. It was a violent encounter on Black Friday, and it changed things for him. Okay, welcome back. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in for Lee today on Live mic. and uh, stay safe out there on the roads. Boy, I was listening to that reporting on the emergency traffic situation. Holy cow. Uh, this is a hard time of year, and we all know this, right? So just a reminder, stay safe out there. Uh, there could be some bad weather. There could be all kinds of things. Everyone's trying to get out and get places, get gone. it's It's, it's a feature of Thanksgiving, even this year. So please stay safe uh, and take it easy because, because um, well, you want to be able to enjoy the holiday. You know, I mean, it doesn't do anyone any good if uh, if you crash your car uh, trying to get to your Thanksgiving dinner. All right, but but we all know this. Okay, so you know this show, it's been positivity show right the whole time. I've been using Zen Headlines. Zen Headlines are a classic feature of the Nightside Project that I do with Alex Keery. And the Zen Headlines are just stories that are positive on the positivity spectrum. Fun, amazing, inspiring. We use them a lot on our on the podcast. I've been using them this whole time on the show. And we have one... Uh, one gentleman who contributes more Zen headlines, I think, than anyone else. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of great contributors. We have a lot of people that are regularly contributing. No one more so than Ryan Lunt. Ryan's joining me now. Welcome, Ryan.
2: Thank you, Ethan. Glad to be here on a Ryan. seriously Wednesday afternoon.
1: <laughs> seriously Wednesday afternoon. That's right. You know, I just as we get going here, because this is a little bit off topic. But I want to stop here first, and I want to just uh, since it's Thanksgiving. Just express to you my thanks, and Alex's too, for for being a part of the show and sharing so much uh, great insight and content with it. We really appreciate you uh, having you with us at the show.
2: Well, don't make me cry this early on.
1: (laughs) Hey, um, so Ryan, I I wanted to talk to, to you about Black Friday. Now, you've got a very, very unique Black Friday story, and you can actually this actually was a story on KSL what seven years ago, and. Uh, when Ryan was 11 years old, he accompanied an aunt to uh, a store on Black Friday. And Ryan, you were assaulted by another patron. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, well, that that was a, a defining moment in my young life. When I was 11, we all back in those days used to get together with the whole family at my grandma and grandpa's house for Thanksgiving. And one of my aunts who I'm close with, she took me to Walmart cause I'm a morning person. So she thought, Hey, I'll wake this 11 year old kid up at four o'clock in the morning to go stand <laughs> in line at Walmart in the freezing cold and, and get me a toaster that, that's five bucks so I can give it as a wedding gift. Because that's what we do in Utah that's is we right. buy we buy Black Friday gifts and and put them on top of our food storage until the next wedding rolls around.
1: That's right.
2: So I was, I was in line to, well, back then that was the very first year where the major retailer in, in Cedar City had let people into the store instead of waiting out in the freezing cold. Okay. And they saran wrapped the pallets obviously. And so I, was standing in front of the toasters. I had to get the toasters, and my cousin had to get the the blender, and her husband had to get the the immersion blender, you know, all these $5 mm-hmm. things, because Black Friday used to be really something. Yeah. And uh, and then, obviously, we had a cousin over that was trying to get the one computer that they'd put there, you know, because they right. always had that really doorbuster deal. And 6 o'clock came, and it was chaos and you don't think about that in cedar city because you're taught to think cowgirls don't cry by that country song yeah but this lady slapped her arm down on the top level of the of this pallet you know there was multiple levels it was stacked six or seven tall and Mm -hmm. i'm uh, as round i'm more i was more round back then than most of the flat earthers think the earth is today okay and so I'm this little pudgy kid, and she slaps her arm down and slides the entire row into her cart. And me, the little baseball, little league catcher I was, caught one of them before it hit her cart, and okay. that was not going to fly because she must have a lot of weddings going on that next year. <laughs> so she gr- tried to grab it from me and couldn't get it, so she just hit me with a quick jab to the jaw, just hit me right on the side of the face Are and grabs the – she grabbed the toaster out of my hand and I'm just this eleven year old kid and and I looked back at her like, You have got to be kidding me, because I had heard these horror stories of Black Friday where people actually had lost their lives, you know, yeah, back in the trampled. east. And, yeah. and I thought, This is as traumatic to me as anything. So in other words, she then grabbed her cart and headed off to the next one to fight with people. Yeah, and I just reached to down to the second kid. row of toasters mm-hmm she there had to have been tons of kids in there to punch and so she was just going to go for a killtacular but she uh she moved out of the way and i grabbed a toaster and walked out of there and it, and then seven years ago amanda dixon was on and i was i was up at five o'clock in the morning at work and she said uh, amanda dixon said on the air if you haven't started your your christmas shopping by now you're too late and i went hold the boat <laughs> I've got a story you're for you. You put your, you're
1: and your a, life in danger. Hold on, let me let me pause here. Um, so okay. this woman punched you in the face. Yeah, Was right it,
2: across my little pudgy
1: jaw. Right across your little pudgy jaw. Do you remember what she looks like? If 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 you saw her again, do you think she'd rec- you'd recognize her?
2: Uh, I don't know because Cedar City all the women kind of look like each other with big Uh, hair, you know, and it it all, it all blends in down there. And I love Cedar city. That's where, you know, I spent time with my grandparents growing up, but there, there's a definite look to, to the North of St. George, but South of Nephi group. And she was in that group. So I think if you if you lined up a bunch of brunette ladies in their late thirties to mid forties that happened to say they were there, I bet I could find her, but, there's oh, no yeah. way that we, no. you and I could Facebook investigate
1: this. Yeah, maybe. So well, I w- I've only got a minute left, but this led you to, for years, only shopping on Christmas Eve because you felt like you could get enough good deals on Christmas Eve. You are part of the 730 or later club. But I'm, in- I'm intrigued because that ended when you got married. Why did it end when you got married?
2: Oh, my wife is like the world's best Christmas shopper. And, like, the other night, she pulled out all the stuff she's got for our kids, and it's like, holy smokes, you, you're you Willy Wonka. You're the guy from the Home Alone toy store. So I don't even have to do Christmas shopping because my wife has perfected the art, and I don't. But uh-huh. for a lot of years, I did have to go to, on Christmas Eve after work, and it was the best. I'm telling you, it was as smooth as those Kenny G Christmas tunes on FM 100.
1: Wow. You just, uh, you just get in there, get it done, and get out. But the trick is you got to be nice to the people that are working, right?
2: yeah I was I, I said, you got it, you gotta be nice to the people because they obviously are working on Christmas Eve and hopefully being paid a little extra. yeah, but I never couldn't get what I was looking for. and that was the main point that uh, I said in my 730 and after club is that uh, I always could get what I wanted, but you have to remember, be quick and get out of the store so those people can go home. Yeah. But you wouldn't believe the the spread that KSL has because I got messages from all over the planet, the planet of people telling me how wrong I was to shop on (laughs) on, uh, Thanksgiving or on Christmas on Christmas Eve. Eve, Yeah.
1: All right. Well, Ryan, I've appreciated this. Uh, And there's a there's someone vouching for shopping on Christmas Eve. Ryan, I've got to get a quick break in here, but thanks so much and, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your great family.
2: You got it. Thanks,
1: Ethan. All right. When we come back, our final segment on Live Mike today, I promise I'll make it a good one. Thanks again, Ryan. Welcome back. This is Live Mike. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in for Lee today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, you can usually hear me on the Nightside Project podcast if you go to the KSL News Radio app which is powered by Any Hour Services. You can find the Nightside Project podcast. It's something that I do with Alex Curie, And if you know the history of that, you'll know that we've done it for years and years and years and years. And so please go do that. It is, uh, you know, I don't want to boast. And uh, hopefully Dave Colley's not listening, but I think it's the best podcast that, that uh, that's out there. So, uh, All right. Uh, drop me a line also on the Utah Community Credit Union text line, five seven I'd love to hear from you. Uh, love getting the feedback. Um, here's one. Uh, I, th- I was thoroughly entertained by Ryan and his story. Thanks for interviewing him. Well, you're welcome. And uh, thanks so much for texting in. All of your kind words. One of the things that I love about uh, guest hosting on KSL is I get to hear from a lot of people that I got to know uh, during the show. You know, longtime texters. And, and you, know, you know who you are. Uh, people that text in KSL regularly. And you get to know them. You know, I'll, I'll tell you how you get to know the people. So, uh, sometimes people, sometimes textures will put their names on the text, right? Sometimes they'll text signature the names on there every time. And so then that's obvious, right? That sticks with you. The name is easy to recognize. Sometimes, um, they'll have some other style or something that they always Say or always do, and so you so that kind of gets there. People use their real name; they use pseudonyms, and then other times, sometimes you just see some a number so often that you start to remember the number, and you recognize the actual number, and you rather you never really get to know their name or anything. Sometimes you do, but that number pops up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, man, I know this person. This is," uh," and you get I don't know. It's it's weird how much you can learn about a person and and how much insight you can have, even just in small ways into their personality when they're texting you (laughs) in response to a radio show, it's, it's kind of a cool way to build a, a relationship. And, and I'm, I, I'm grateful to have a lot of those kinds of, kind of weird text friendships. And so it's been, it's been awesome hearing from some of you today and thanks so much for texting in. So we've been doing just a relentlessly positive show today. That's what we've wanted to focus on it. And, and I don't know if, if I've been negligent in my other duties, uh, we had some breaking news and, uh, and obviously you guys know that the team that Lee has with him, uh, every day is phenomenal and world-class and, uh, Amy hit me a little while ago. Hey, you know this thing with, um, oh geez, what's his name? Flynn, General Flynn, Michael Flynn. Thank you. I almost said George Flynn, Michael Flynn. You know this thing with the pardon, and you know do we want to talk about this? And I thought, well, I mean it's breaking news. It is breaking news. Obviously, Maria was talking about it. But I thought, no, that's not that's not really what we're doing today. I mean, there there are so many people out there that are ready to talk about Michael Flynn. So many people are ready to talk about Michael Flynn maybe there's some other things that we can, that we can spend our time on today. And that's, that's really what I wanted to, that's really what I wanted to do. And, uh, and I hope we've been successful. I think we have, and uh, we've got just a little bit more time left, but there is a story that I wanted to share with you. And I think, I think I'm going to use this also on the Nightside project podcast. We have a segment that we do, and I've been, I know I've been talking to death about this, but I, I, it's something that I've come to really appreciate. And I, and I want it adopted further in, uh, out there in the community, and that is the Zen Headlines concept where people share these headlines using the hashtag Zen Headlines. We use that on the Nightside Project. We came up with it and people shared these headlines with us and then we use them on the show. And we've been doing that this whole time today. And so this one I think I want to leave um I want to use also on the Night Side Project. Um, but I, we're gonna play for you just a little bit of audio so Amber get that going here and I'm gonna tell you about it you'll hear it it's a violin Now, the recording's not great but this is Grover Willemson playing his violin Now, what's special about this is it's being recorded by a nurse Grover's sitting at the edge of his bed he can't talk because he's intubated He was a COVID-19 patient in Ogden. And he wanted to do something for the staff that was saving his life. He couldn't say thank you. He didn't have very much energy. But he had his violin. Sierra is a registered nurse who's worked with him. She said, it brought tears to my eyes instantly. I couldn't stop bawling like a baby just listening to him. Now, this is just one minute of audio. Um, But the staff at the hospital said that he, for as long as he had energy, he would play sometimes for a few hours in a day and give an impromptu concert to the staff. His way of saying thank you. He's a retired music, uh, he's a retired orchestra teacher. And I think you can really see that desire to help and to reach out and touch people. I think you can, you can see that in him for sure. His family said that he was moved out of uh, intensive care into a, um, into a long-term acute care facility. Uh, he's got a long ways to go, but he's expected to make a full recovery. But what's so special about these recordings is that there were so many days after this where he was just too weak to play. His wife says it's a basically completely different person that's coming out of this. So we hope for his full recovery. Um, Let's hit that one more time. That audio, Amber, one more time. Oh, we don't have it right there. All right. So we're going to move on to, uh, we're moving on here to news, traffic and weather. And, uh, and there's a lot to go through. There's a lot to cover, but you know, we've got the holiday over the next couple of days. And I know everyone has got different takes on how this needs to go. But you and I know we just need to be smart, right? And you and I know how to be smart. So I hope that everything goes great for you this, uh, this holiday. I hope that you're able to stay safe. And I hope that you're able to uh, enjoy the time with your family. And your loved ones in whatever form that uh, that it's taking that you're, that you're getting with them. Uh, I hope you enjoy that Black Friday. I know so many of you are doing it online this year. Uh, I certainly already have. I got a shed for myself, actually, on Black Friday. That was my big Black Friday uh, splurge. And I got, you know what? I got an awesome deal. I was ready to plug down full price, but saving 500 bucks. Uh, that's good for me any day of the week. And I'm glad for that because my snowblower and my lawnmower are finally going to have a permanent home. All right. We're wrapping it up here. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time. I love you all. Wish you all the best. Stay safe out there. And I hope to have the chance to talk to you again soon.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold.